You know, I don't understand how one team's loss and a sea of 32 others can feed a media frenzy. So, how do we quiet that? Well, only time will tell. In fact, not too much time because the Cowboys are playing the Raiders on Thanksgiving Day. Can they quiet the talking heads down? I hope so. But let's delve into exactly what fuels such attention, such media frenzy for the Dallas Cowboys. And why it's so effective. Let's get into it. Hello and thank you for joining the Armchair Champion podcast once more. This is Tori, the uh, Armchair Champion. Um, I am following up here uh, on uh, my part two of basically my afterthoughts from the uh, game from Kansas City that just passed. And I'm also going to pivot into what I think about the Raiders game. Um, it's in, This one's less about the game. And more about those who uh, criticize the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I've already spoken basically about the fans, you know, not so much at length, but I did address, you know, how fans have reacted to uh, basically the fallout of of the loss in a game that's considered of uh, a certain magnitude, which was the Kansas City Chiefs uh, game. We had an away game against a Super Bowl contending team. Um, so, you know, just the reaction has been chaotic uh, in Cowboys Nation. But um, what I want to do at this point is I want to address how the reaction is in the, I guess I would say in the, um, I could say the public eye. But I'm also say, you know, um, in the world of uh, sports journalism. So the Cowboys get a lot of press. They do. Uh, the most valuable team in the nation, uh, likely the world, um, have been so for about three years running. Um, in addition, they're one of the most talked about teams. The games get high turnouts because people love to see them win if you're fans. Or people love to see them lose if you just don't like the Cowboys for whatever reason. Um, and, of course, there's always a criticism that comes with the America's Team moniker that the Cowboys have worn since 1979. So it could be a misunderstanding as to, you know, why some people don't like the Cowboys. Well, for starters, I want to address the America's team thing here. Um, uh, that basically captivates, you know, a media audience or, you know, the media eyes. And, you know, the Cowboys draw so much attention sort of as a result because they're like a grand marquee, um, a grand marquee act, so to speak, in the NFL. Um 
what happens is, you know, they, they get a lot of attention. They do. You know, they draw big, big numbers, big games, you know, teams that are the fans of teams that or fans of other teams that hate the Cowboys watch to see them lose. Fans of the Cowboys watch because they want to see them win. And, you know, it just draws a lot. You know, you think it could all be traced back to likely the America's team nickname. So, it sounds like it's a rather conceited thing to name a team. Problem is, Dallas Cowboys did not name themselves America's team. America's team was the name of an NFL documentary of highlights for the Dallas Cowboys. That name was not not uh, um, uh, self-proclaimed. Now, the name took on a life of its own, and a lot of people synonymized America's team with the Dallas Cowboys. So, in a lot of ways, the Dallas Cowboys just sort of owned the title. Because, again, synonymous, you know. Even before you had a Houston Texans, uh, of course, in those days you did have the Oilers. Um, before you had a Jacksonville Jaguars, a Carolina Panthers. Um, before you had a Tennessee Titans, for sure. Um, even... Before the Colts even moved to Indianapolis, um, the Cowboys were a big market or they drew a lot of attention from fans of football that likely didn't have a team. So they sort of glommed into the Dallas Cowboys lexicon. So if you look at that, it's sort of a deeper meaning to the term America's team. If you look at the history of it. But some people take that. Some other teams, you know, teams that are steeped in history, your Green Bay Packers, your Pittsburgh Steelers, um, you know, other teams of that nature or of that uh, particular ilk. They take that as a slight because they've been around longer than the Dallas Cowboys, you know. But again, Dallas Cowboys didn't put this name on themselves. But some of the fans of these teams that have been around longer than the Dallas Cowboys, they sort of take that, I don't want to say personally, but take it as a challenge. And as a result, the Cowboys draw a lot of ire from these fan bases. And they draw and, and they draw a lot of eyes and attention and even disdain from those who um, from those who uh, speak from a journalistic perspective on sports, you know, because so many of them are fans of different teams, um, and they grew up feeling the same way, you know, any typical NFL fan would about, you know, the Dallas Cowboys. Which brings me to my point. These kind of games draw a lot of attention from Cowboys Nation, from fans, and from those who hate the Cowboys alike. Fans are watching because they want the team to win. They're trying to will their team to a win. They want to cheer their team to a win. Those who hate the Cowboys are cheering for them to fail. 
they're looking to go and joke with the person they know is a Cowboys fan, uh, joke on them, you know, the always usual razzing. What happened to your boys yesterday? What happened to your boys last night? Cowboys suck. You know, and several other um, digs at anybody that likes the Cowboys. And then if you turn to the uh, turn to the attention of social media, um, here comes the uh, parade of memes about, you know, the Cowboys sucking or the Cowboys losing, things of that nature. You know, they get us a lot of attention. And then, you know, you have reactions from those who, you know, watch and um, report on it. If they don't like the Cowboys, it's basically a field day because they get to poke fun at the Dallas Cowboys. And not in just one segment. There are several segments. There are 32 teams in the NFL to date. So many of those teams are perennial playoff contenders. And of those perennial playoff contenders, for example, this past Sunday, you had the Green Bay Packers that fell to the Minnesota Vikings. The Bills basically got trounced by the Colts. You had the Saints drop, what, two, three games in a row? Um, What else did you have? Let's see. You had the... uh, you had the Seahawks, they lost. Um, the Steelers lost. And these are all teams that are either, whether modern or historically, or whether modern times or historically, are widely celebrated for being consistent perennial contenders. But... Those basically fell to the wayside when the Cowboys lost the Kansas City Chiefs by 10 points. Why? Because it goes back to that attention that so many people pay. Those to hold bated breath and wait for the Cowboys to fail. Or those who are rooting for the Cowboys to succeed. Who want to see another Super Bowl for the first time in 20 plus years. Well, 25 plus years. Um, so you get that kind of attention and they spend several segments talking about the Dallas Cowboys they talk about, are the Cowboys in trouble? Is there big trouble in big D? What happened to the Cowboys? Are the Cowboys exposed? Can the Cowboys come back from this? You know, will the Cowboys make the playoffs? Can the Cowboys make the playoffs? Can the Cowboys ever go to a Super Bowl? How long before they go to, you know, it, it, it runs through It goes through a gauntlet of different segments where the larger part of the the slated block for these shows talk about what happened in Dallas and Dallas lost by 10 points to a Super Bowl contending team. You had teams lose by 20 plus points that don't get the same energy. You have these same teams that are. Just up and down the roster, just trounced with injuries to to impact players. They get the benefit of a doubt. But let the Cowboys, who currently are riddled with impact players being injured, currently have guys like Randy Gregory off the list or off the roster, Demarcus Lawrence off the roster, 
Um, we got CeeDee Lamb hurt uh, in the Sunday night game. But from reports, he practiced today and looks like he, you know, barring any setbacks, likely might be ready for the Raiders game coming on Thanksgiving Day. Um, we're without Tyron Smith. Um, you know, without Amari Cooper due to COVID-19. So up and down the list, we've been missing players, yet the Cowboys don't get that benefit of the doubt. You know, they, 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 they don't. It's like they're two, they're two lenses. You look at the other teams in the lens. Oh, they had a bad loss. They had some bad breaks, missing players, yada, yada. They'll be back on their feet. Now, you place the Cowboys in that same situation. What's the reaction to, uh, to those who are in those kinds of positions to speak on and pontificate about sports? You know, those who speak from a uh, media perspective, you know, First, there's there's the, you know, the jesting, you know, there's the ribbing that comes, you know, we, we can't get to the we can't get to the main. Well, what's been made the main story. We can't get to the headline news that the Cowboys lost by 10 points. You know, um, then after all the laughter and the pointing and the chiding have subsided, maybe about 20 minutes into the program. Somebody brings up these same situations where, you know, there are injuries up and down the roster. You know, you're missing players for one reason or another. And then it seems as though, oh, here come the excuses. Here come the excuses. Okay. You get that. A lot. You know, when you're when you cheer for the Cowboys. You know, those who detest the Cowboys. Here come the excuses. Here come the excuses. But those who... Cheer for other teams, 31 other teams in the league. They expect those to be legitimate reasons as to why they would lose a game of that magnitude. They would get that benefit of the doubt. So here we are. We understand they're media darling only because of, you know, (laughs) they're media darling only because of the attention they get because they get eyeballs, they get ratings. You know, you see Dallas Cowboys and you see a, a television show, you're going to tune in or if they have a clip on uh, so, some social media platform or segment, you're going to tune in, you're going to play it, you know, whether you're a Cowboys fan or not. You know, the Cowboys are going to draw that kind of attention. We, 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 we get that, you know. But it's not <laughs> the end of the world or it's not a history changing event if the Dallas Cowboys lose a game. Now, we've lost some games in embarrassing fashion. The Kansas City game notwithstanding. I mean, well, the Kansas City game just it, it went the same way, you know? But it wasn't the like honestly, it wasn't totally humiliating. The offense, yes, that was embarrassing. The offensive performance was embarrassing top down. Even down to the play calling, Kellen Moore got out coached by Eric Bieniemy. As far as you know, offense on offense. The thing is, neither offense saw the end zone. Um, well, our offense didn't see the, the end zone. Kansas City's offense saw the end zone once. Once. 
You might wonder how I could say Benemy outcoached Kellen Moore because he actually got into the end zone. His running back got uh, off a running back pitch, off of a halfback pitch, pitched to the halfback. He got into the end zone once. And the rest was field goals. But nonetheless, he got there. Cowboys didn't even touch the end zone. So, yes, the offensive performance was an embarrassment and a flat out embarrassment. Top down. But no one said this was a good defensive game. The Cowboys came up on the short end offensively. You know, it, it was literally just, oh, what were they doing? You know, they were, and if you say they're missing plays, oh, yeah, but they're supposed to have this, you know, top tier offense. And, you know, and it's basically just, you know, just taking pot shots. You know, now I know myself being a Cowboys fan, you have to have thick skin. You know, you do. But sometimes you just get tired of hearing it. You just wonder why. Why Why do you have to, like, hear, like, why is it almost synonymous with being a Cowboys fan that if you lose at any point, it can't just be like, well, we'll get them next time or, well, we got to look forward to next week. You know, you have to run the gamut. You have to run the obstacle course of, you know, between you know, just people you might know that don't hate, like the Cowboys. What happened to your Cowboys? Oh, man, you know, you guys sucked last night. Or what happened to that top offense? Or what happened to this? You know, you have to run that gamut. And then if you happen to like, you know, watching, you know, any kind of journalism involved with sports, you have to run that gamut as well. And then they treat the Cowboys like they're some kind of sensationalist, um, some, some kind of sensationalist um lightning rod i don't know maybe reality television um entity or franchise you know it's almost gossip to talk about the dallas cowboys it's almost gossip you know to that effect and then after all that's done after you've suffered the slings and arrows that is the top of the week you might get half a day's rest. You're looking forward to the next week, and then you're praying you don't have to run this game at all over again. Just as a fan. Again, to be a Cowboys fan, you do have to have thick skin. You know, you have to learn to endure because of the attention they get, whether they win or whether they lose. The thing is, again, like I said, it's though. Got the Dallas Cowboys and the other 31 teams, you know, other 31 teams in a situation like the Cowboys had against Kansas City might get the benefit of the doubt. Dallas Cowboys, they literally get dissected. They get dissected as though they're on uh, a table in biology class. They get dissected, studied, probed and prodded to figure out to to figure out things that honestly aren't even. Things that are are of of substance, they are. It's just made up fodder that the Dallas, you know, uh, it was made up speculation. In my opinion, this is just my opinion. It, to me, it's made up speculation, just trying to add fuel or stoke a fire that isn't even there, or trying to start a fire. To me, because oh, oh, where do they go from here? Will they bounce back? Can they win another game? Are they exposed? This, you know, the Cowboys take up a good chunk of that airspace. And to me, I just feel like a lot of it's just not. I just feel like 
it's just it's it's all opinion that really shouldn't be looked too far into. They lost a game. The Cowboys are still seven and three. Heading into a game against the Las Vegas Raiders on Thanksgiving Day. They win, the Cowboys are eight and three, with six more games to play in the season. They lose the seven and four with six more games to play in the season. Still, at the moment, running away at the top of the division. So it's not like the Cowboys have been over for the last five years. They've had good games. They've had bad games. But the fact remains... Because of the attention they get, because of a lot of because what I think is misconception of, you know, the America's team moniker or everything. When truthfully, if you look at the history of it, they didn't even proclaim this. They didn't even bestow this upon themselves. When you, you know, we add all that up, it just adds to, you know, people just, you know, just giving them all kinds of attention that does not benefit them, you know. Or it's attention that they're not necess- they're not seeking, but they get it. And at that point, if you're a Dallas Cowboys player, the only thing you can either do is try to ignore it or lean into it. And for the most part, a lot of them have to. A lot of them seem to try to ignore it as best they can, because it's well, I. And myself and I'm sure <laughs> scores of others in Cowboys Nation feel like it's, for the most part, just media sensationalism. You know, it's like it's almost like tabloid journalism when you're, you know, saying anything on the Dallas Cowboys. It's almost like tabloids. You know, and this is just how I feel. But the Cowboys, <laughs> they get that coverage. And sometimes you wonder. Though you understand as a Cowboys fan, you have to have thick skin. Okay, they lost. You could talk about the game, whatever. Can it just be that? And just keep it moving. Like you do with the other 31 teams, likely. You know? It it, it never seems to be that way. Whether it's off-season or not. Cowboys get that kind of coverage. I don't know if it'll ever change. I highly doubt it'll change anytime in the near future. But the thing about having to walk with that name and walk with all of the uh all of the sensationalism uh that comes with it. Uh those players have to be some strong guys. And they have to be strong just like the fans do when they don't when they don't uh, get it done or when they come up short. But while they're watching, a fan's hope, and I'm more than certain the players, they're hoping to prove a lot of that criticism wrong. To turn it on its ear. 
to silence it to to silence it to almost deafening levels. They can do it. And what a better and what better way to start than Thanksgiving Day against the Las Vegas Raiders. A team that has been fairly well despite all of the uh, controversy they even the controversy they've had to endure this season you know coaching change and everything they've still kept it together and they've been putting together a decent season and you know a respectable season so with the cowboys coming reeling coming off of such a, a disappointing loss you know against a team that Performed in the Super Bowl. 1-1, went to two back-to-back, three AFC championships. Back-to-back-to-back in the last three years. So, they performed and came up short against that team. How are the Cowboys going to turn right around while, you know, turn right around and have such a short memory Try to compose themselves, get together, and go and face a Las Vegas team that is going to play them tough. One has no wonder. Well, the best thing, best thing I can think they need to do is try to bounce back. They didn't really have much time to do it, but they just try to bounce back and start planning and take on Las Vegas. And with such a short window to turn around in, you have to do it emphatically and effectively. As far as the Raiders, I think the Raiders would be a challenge. Um, I do think if you went to the air, now this is provided you get a CD lamb back and also provided maybe the receivers saw the error of their ways in the Kansas city game, you know, because there were a lot of drops, those drops, uh, they Dak put it on, but they dropped the ball. Those that those, uh, those drops, were something that can't be tolerated. Offensive line play, unacceptable. Unacceptable. You know, penalties. Penalties, unacceptable. So if we're going to go in there, you know, without anybody we can, uh, without anybody that seems like an immediate impact player, like if you don't have CeeDee Lamb ready to go on Thursday, you're already down Amari Cooper. You have Michael Gallup. Cedric Wilson, Noah Brown, Malik Turner. The coordinator is going to have to get creative on how to use those guys. And I would say even implement Tony Pollard if you wanted to run some swing routes, you know, some swing swing routes, throw it to the quarter, I mean, the uh, running back, because Tony Pollard is fast. When he hits second gear, it's hard to bring, it's hard to stop him until you literally bring him down. So there, so Kellen Moore is going to have to get creative, you know, no more plays that develop 
behind the line or plays that, you know, plays that don't do anything but net you yards behind the sticks. And you can't get cute. You can't go back to gadget plays. Right now, it's just it's just pretty much, you know, strength on strength, smash mouth football. If you're not going to have the pieces that you have, um, ideally, you're going to have to play. You're going to have to go back to playing, you know, take what the defense gives you. You know, strike first, strike hard, strike fast, and strike often. You're gonna have to play that kind of football. You can't play this. You can't play the the air assault pass attack that you have when you have your playmakers in, because they're likely looking at that Chiefs film. And with Amari Cooper off the field, you don't have to double per se. Like, if they look at Michael Gallup, couldn't really get the separation he needed. You know, things of that nature. So, maybe it was just that game. I don't know. But likely they're studying to take to figure out ways to try to mimic what the Chiefs did. So, I say the game against the Raiders offensively is going to have to be something that Kellen Moore gets creative with. He's going to have to get creative. And I don't mean cute plays or anything of that nature. I mean he's going to have to coach man-on-man, hat-on-hat, smash-mouth football. Can he do it? That remains to be seen. I think this is a part, I think this is a point where you tap Mike McCarthy. And you get some pointers from him, get some input from him. Mike McCarthy is an offensive guy. This is where he's coach. You know, this is where you go to the coach. Coach, look, I know you put the offense in my hands, but we're at a point where we're down some key playmakers that make the offense that I've designed work. I'm going to need some help dialing it back or taking what the defense gives us. I'm going to need your help with this game plan. Because we're going to have to run a totally uh, a totally different approach on offense. So help me out. Can you? You know, it, it may have to be one of those situations. We're supposed to get Tyron Smith back on the offensive line. So that's a very welcome presence. Because we're going to need somebody to be able to contain those bookends on the Raiders. Max Crosby and uh, Nassib. Ryan Nassib. Somebody needs to contain them. And for as good a job as Terrence Steele has done at right tackle, I don't see it at left tackle. So if he were back at left tackle, I don't see him containing Max Crosby. Max Crosby is good. He's surprisingly good. Not even surprisingly, he's just he's good. Nassib, he can he can get you there as well. But if you had uh the line getting collapsed at the edges or just getting torn apart in the middle what do you think the Raiders are going to do especially when they have their bookends in so Tyron Smith coming back is a very welcome addition we are down Donovan Wilson that sucks it really does but for the first time in a long time we may have some solid safety help provided DeMonte KZ is back we also have Malik Hooker in the backfield Someone to compliment J. Ron Curse, who himself has been a very, very pleasant surprise. 
And you couldn't ask Jalen Curse. You really couldn't ask for too much more out of solid safety play. He's been doing great, and I, I wish him. I wish him much success playing back there for us. Our defense is looking good, especially even with the missing pieces. You know, even with missing pieces, our defense is still looking, you know, looking good, you know. Especially the way we performed against Kansas City, which was supposed to be an explosive offense themselves. It's nothing for the Kansas City in a lot of times to hang up 30 or 40 points on someone. But the Cowboys held them to 19. Although, I myself, I'm not one for moral victories when it comes to the game of football. I guess that's something you could probably say you can build on. Something to give you a little momentum, a little motivation. So I'm sure that the defense can do something to keep Derek Carr from having a huge day. You know, the secondary is actually playing well. Even down to Anthony Brown, he's having a very good season. Surprisingly so, but he's having a very good season. I have to eat crow on Anthony Brown right now, and I'm happy to. When it comes to the Cowboys and a player that I would criticize likely, I look at it, I'd rather be wrong than right. If I have a criticism of a player, I would rather be wrong than right. I will take being wrong about those players any day over being right. So I've been wrong about Anthony Brown's performance this season. So he's been doing good. So, you know, the secondary's been playing. He and the secondary have been playing very well. Um, I would love to have us get more pressure on that line somehow. I'm still waiting for the return of Neville Galmore to see how that goes. But so far, Oso Diggy Zoo is doing great um, in the middle. Um, be nice to have our big bookends back, but Dorrance Armstrong's been doing good in the stead of Randy Gregor or Demarcus Lawrence. And then you have Micah Parsons. No telling where he's coming from. Just know he's coming fast. And hard. And he is definitely a bright, shining spot on his defense. And watching him play has been a joy. So defense has definitely been solid. But the offense needs to be able to adjust. Both during the game planning and in game. So offensively, I say this game is going to come down to how Kellen Moore can adapt. How the offensive line can get back on track, you know, so. But for the most part, it's how Kellamore can adapt with getting that ball, advancing the ball downfield and, you know, just getting some successful drives put together. Discipline has to be a priority across the board. Can't go getting flags. And defensively. If we can find ways to contain Derek Carr, if we can stop the rushing attack of a Josh Jacobs, I think that we can come out on top against the Raiders. Final score prediction for me. I'll say 30-17 Dallas. That's a winning scenario for Dallas. 30-17. That's the way I think that the game will go. But we shall see. It depends on, you know, it depends on how they, how well they can uh, adapt 
missing pieces, anything of that nature. But it has to be done. And in a, it should have been done in a swift manner, especially with the turnaround you have. So. You're on this current situation. What? My prediction is Dallas gets it done. So we'll see. Hopefully it won't spoil my dinner. <laughs> um, what? I look forward to enjoying the game. Or painstakingly watching the game. But either way, you know, when you're a fan, it takes you through the paces, but you love your team. So I'm just going to say I'll enjoy the game. But I've got to go. I've got some preparation to do here um, myself. I will uh, reach out to I will uh, talk to you all later. Um, sometime after this game, just give it a bit of discussion. Anything that went right, wrong, otherwise. And then we'll look forward to the New Orleans Saints afterward. But until I talk to you again, you all take care. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll see you on the sidelines. Peace.